Welcome to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. It's the Sutherland back in Edinburgh, back at Scotland's home of free speech for this question time special. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. podcast show with all three of us are here and for a not been for a while and we've not seen us here we've not heard us or can't really see us on the radio anyway so we have Hugh in the house the hello Hedrick, and we have hello our, we have myself Fraser Ramsey and we have our trusty travel analyst correspondent he flies everywhere wherever he goes and he Jonathan Sutherland welcome hello to everybody and it's great to be back on the podcast after a uh, a bit of a period away yeah it's only been a uh, Flying high as you do, uh, always keeping keeping and keeping tabs on your. Uh, see, we keep you telling everyone that, that you were flying, but I think some people think that you were in jail and you just got out. Actually, <laughs> don't oh. tell them the truth, honestly. Oh, it's like, right. oh, dear. Oh, yes. I don't have uh, this whole thing about being a working for an airline, but that's not what happened. To <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was... we were going to say you just made bail, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Nobody would bail me. Not even Wonga. We couldn't even get the money off Wonga. percent interest. Even cash generator refused us. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, what? <laughs> okay, so where are we broadcasting from this? This, this is a we're, we're across in, Scotland. We're in some. I mean, sure in Scotland because I thought it was uh, south, we're in some ship in the south North Korea, weren't we? Or some last time. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're ships. pirate radio. Weren't yeah. We? yeah. yeah. We were broadcasting from one of these ghost North Korean ships, uh, <laughs> weren't we? <laughs> okay. Were we? Oh yes, we were. Yes. Well, now we're on a fishing vessel just off the coast of Imos. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, anyway, welcome to our BBC Question Time special. Myself and Jonathan. Well, John, we're uh, on the quite BBC Question Time in Edinburgh, and uh, let's just say it was an interesting eye opener for the. Con- for the first time for myself, I don't think John's been on it before. Um, that's to say, the panel were dreadful, and we're going to critique pretty much the whole show because it was it's typical BBC bias. So, John, do you want to kick off? And we well, before we kick off, let's just say the people who were on the panel were Ben Wallace from the Tory, the Conservative Party, the Security Minister, Emily Thornbury, who was the Shadow Foreign Secretary for Labour, Joanne Cherry, who's the Scottish Nomad Party, so SNP. Um, David Heyman, some random actor who nobody really knew who he was, but he has been in uh, Still Game. And uh, <laughs> there didn't we thought he was he was remarkably bad, but we'll come yes, to that later. We also had Merrin uh, Somerset Webb, who is the uh, the editor in chief of the Money Week magazine. She also lives in Edinburgh, so just uh, just in case you want to know that, and she also writes for the Financial Times. So, uh, John, you want to kick off? 
What's your view on Question Time Special? Yeah, well, I, I haven't actually been on it before. So I think Hugh's been on it before, actually. Yeah, I've been on it before. Yeah, twice. So we've all had yeah. our... We've all yeah, so but it was, a, it was an eye opener, that's I'm sure, from start to finish, from standing in the queue with a bunch of people who really needed a shower. I mean, don't run. I've been up since 4 a.m. and I think, you know, even I didn't smell as bad as some of these people, honestly. They really, uh, and you've done 8,000 miles. I've done 8,000 miles, and they really do need to stand a little bit closer to the uh, the shower gel, shall we say. Um, I mean, it was just, a, it was abysmal from start to finish. And actually, I, I kind of... I don't know, the BBC, I can't maybe blame them for it. I thought they actually maybe tried to make it balanced, but the people that turned up, it's just like you'd, you'd thrown a net in a sort of social yeah. justice warrior or a stop the war coalition, just sort of all these people just kept coming in, you know, extreme leftists, you know, basically just a bunch of commies, Marxists and social justice warriors um, with sort of red hair and uh, tattoos and people with lots of beards, actually, really unkempt beards, as you sometimes expect from extreme lefties and Marxists. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we went in there, had the smallest cup of coffee known to man, went through and <laughs> opened the security. It was tiny. It was like one drink. It was almost like having an espresso, but even espresso is bigger than that. Well, I think they probably didn't want people going for a piss in the middle of it. That's probably why. <laughs> Too much of it. Because, I mean, I almost walked out anyway, you know, and if I needed a pee, then I definitely would have walked out because it was just this to start to finish. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it was pretty dreadful, really. The security, quite something, really. As long as you just said you'd already been through security, then they didn't search you. So nice. you just walk in and say, I've already been through security. <laughs> just said they'd been through and walked straight past. I mean, and I, and he, I have a license for this, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, oh, you just said, oh, I'm with the TV, and you just walk in. And they went, yeah, oh, that's yeah. fine. I mean, to say that there were a few holes in this security would be uh, would be to undersell Goodness, it. That's bad. Yeah, well, they had this, at the beginning, you had this Muslim security woman who had the turban, with the whatever you want to call it, headscarf. I'm not sure Muslims wear turbans, Fraser. Not turbans, sorry, not turbans. <laughs> You know what I mean? The, uh, it was this Muslim nun. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong choice of words. The was getting better. She, <laughs> she, she was all right. It's just that if you said that you were with the TV, you, you just walked straight past her. So, you know. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't exactly uh, the most tight security. <laughs> was it, put it this way, if it was group four, you get anything through. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that explains how some of the people got in. Uh, yeah. Did you know? She let you in because she saw you turn up in your Toyota Hilux pickup truck. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> but uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was. I wouldn't say it was the top of high security, but it's pretty straightforward. But uh, they did search you with a, one of these metal detector things to make sure you didn't have anything on you. Unless you said you'd already been done and then you just walked straight past them, Fraser. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd been, I'd been, I went to go to the, the toilet and I came back. So well, the guy sort of just said, "We've got the toilet," and he just went down and came back up, and it's fine. So it was not a problem. Exactly, so. straight in. You could have done anything in the loop, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we we the, the gents, the ladies, or the transgender loo because it was a BBC venue after all. What? There was a transgender loo in no. there. Uh, wasn't, wasn't <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell with some of the people there, but... Yeah, uh, it was um, certainly difficult. It so, was. Well, I mean, eventually we got in. Uh, Mr. Dimbleby came down. He was very good, wasn't he? He was yes. quite... Like, yeah, he, he is good. He is funny. He is quite good. He got everyone involved and sort of said, basically, it's all about the audience and uh, it's not really about the panellists, stuff like that. And then we all got corralled in and there was a warm-up act 
and um, they did a sort of uh, a sort of warm up thing where they talked about drug legalization. And yes. they had a sort of fake panel that they pulled out of the audience of people who really wanted to be on the stage. And, um, I mean, there wasn't one person in the audience who was against the legalization of all drugs, it seemed. Yes. Did you put, put your hands up to, get, to see if you could get um, asked on the panel for the, for the mock-up one? No. Not really, no. Oh, you didn't. I think I probably oh. would have. I probably should have done, but I was kind of knackered. I've been out since four a.m. Uh, I tried I, to do it the last time, but I couldn't do it. I yeah. just got missed. I think as we were saying, didn't help. We were sitting sort of right at the side, and they kind of behind a couple of well, idiots in front of us. There were sort of some liberal lesbian, some other weird couple of weird folk in front of us, who were kind of blocking our view. So it wasn't really worth it. So. Well, why were we late for it? Because we were we were doing a Facebook live video right. while everyone was going in. They were closing the doors, so yes. we were we already there. Yeah, we're like, good so. point, yes. But uh, we weren't complaining. We were like, I think we were more like interested in the of, uh, Vagrants until they found some extra seats, which they sort of put on the very very side of the the, yeah. the stage. But it, it was all right. We got in there in the end. Yeah. But, so, yeah. what was the thing that was worst? What was the worst moment of the Quest and Time experience? Worst moment. Well, as I think the big, I think the pre. I mean, you talking about when actually that show show started? Are you talking about when that show? Yeah, did? once it once it once it started and you realised what kind of people were in the audience. Well, I was just thoroughly depressed actually at yeah. how unimaginative, negative the audience were. You know yeah. how they weren't interested in anything exciting, making Scotland a leader in technology. They weren't interested in investing in business, reducing tax, incentivizing people to go and better themselves. It seemed to be the celebration of people who go to food banks, the celebration of people on benefits. And I mean, as much as you need to protect people on food banks and people on benefits, I don't think these are the people that need to be celebrated, they need to be looked after and protected. People need to be celebrated are the business owners, the people that go out and create yeah. wealth, start businesses and make an effort in society, have a positive outlook, get involved in technology, get involved in the startup, give business a go. Not people who mope about, um, you know, on, on benefits, I'm afraid. that They are not people to be celebrated. Yeah, they're uh, yeah. pretty much talking about, obviously, I mean, food banks. And the main thing is uh, the first basic question was, it got to about nurses and how... There's about NHC, the health service, and how they're not. I uh, think there's a lot of nurses. They were saying the nurses go to food banks. Well, the question is, if nurse, if nur- and the guys. Yes, because they're financially illiterate. Well, yeah, if they can't <laughs> I mean, afford. I mean, uh, you get a semi. I mean, they're only 24 grand a year when they start. So, well, 20, is, the minimum wage for a nurse is 22k. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's decent enough. And that's, that's early early days, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. How the hell do you organise your life to be on a food bank, particularly in a. In a um, you know, yeah, if you're out of London, if you're in, in London, yeah. I, I don't understand that. I'm talking about in general, I, though, but 22 grand is a decent enough weight. I mean, that's the take away, okay, your tax, etc. You can always do overtime as a nurse, and they're always looking for overtime uh, nurses to do overtime. So when they're doing 22 grand, is uh, certainly fine enough. It's perfect enough to live off. So if you take away as so a you, first, you know, that's like a first year nurse. Yeah. Um, uh, in the first year of work, that's. Perfectly reasonable. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good going. Uh. And they can't accept, can they? They cannot accept the lefties and the sort of the elite that poor people 
or people on benefits could possibly be motivated by money. They, they, they can make yeah. a decision. They just think that they're victims who are just, due to the terrible lack of investment in society, are stricken on low wages, and that if you give free food through food banks or benefits through handouts, they cannot accept that this will cause people to change their choices and their motivations. It's incredibly patronizing. It is, and people mm. should yeah. learn to leave. People should be learning to live within their means. If you can't afford something, you can't. I mean, it's, I think it's true what the person said was the last question time that the majority of people who do turn up to food banks uh, smoke and have Sky Television or Virgin or whatever. And if you can afford to have Sky Telly and smoke, well, stop smoking. They saw the advert for the for the food bank on the Sky TV. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, let's go get some more food. <laughs> Press and option four for you. Would, if, food, if food banks didn't exist, would nurses starve to death? No, because okay. they would. So there's your incentive. If you have an incentive there, then people are going to take it. And to assume that you give people free food and it won't yes. change their behaviour is incredibly stupid. And it treats people on lower wages with total disdain. I mean, if I, if I get offered a reward, a financial reward, I'll be motivated by that financial reward. And to assume that people lower down the income um, category wouldn't be is ridiculous. It's, it, it's, it's mindless, actually. I think they, what they don't learn, understand is, certainly for people who are self-employed, is they, you have to, when you're self-employed, you obviously, you're almost living hand-to-mouth, so you have to really live within your means, you have to budget, you have to maybe, for some part, you might be living on really cheap food just to get yourself going, and then maybe you'll have a, a bumper couple of months and you can be able to afford a few extra Special yeah, but they're probably on round about sixteen hundred pounds a month net, well, which 16, is a well, fair amount of money, really. Well, they must be, yeah, because I mean, sixteen hundred <coughs> quid. I mean, if you're, if they're rent, I mean, your average of your average basic. Well, I mean, they're rent. probably renting a room if they're starting out, maybe, or, yeah, or a small well, place, and maybe four or five hundred pound a well, month. Well, they may have, they may have got a mortgage. They may got a mortgage can be cheaper. Yeah. Uh, if you've got one bedroom flat, and it's a cheap mortgage. It can be cheaper than rent, and it's, it's certainly. It's, yeah. But they might, if, they, if they're struggling, you to, certainly think that for a single person, single nurse on their own, maximum cost should be a thousand pounds. Really, can't be much more than that in a I month. I'd say less. Well, well probably yeah. You're probably being, being quite pounds. optimistic, you know, being quite Ob- yeah. overly expensive. You know, a thousand pounds would be quite re- reasonable. And so there's another six hundred quid there. So, right. I suppose you got to yeah. You're probably looking at about a thousand. So if depending on how far you have to travel to wherever you work, and car wise, mm. but if if you're if they are overspending, then obviously what are they spending on in drinks, going out and having parties or whatever. But or, I mean, it's yeah, it's difficult. It's not easy being a nurse. I've been in the Burton Hospital. Was not. It's a tough shift for twelve hours. You know, it can be. Uh, but I think for the money, I think you, if people are not learning to live within their means, well, what do they do with their money? That's the question. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I first started out, I I rented a room for the first four years of my career and it was about 250 to 300 quid a month and yeah. that that's what my accommodation cost for two years and if you can put money aside with that kind of rent not spend a lot of money you can say i had a lot of debt at that particular point to pay off my loans and my training and it's amazing how quickly you can pay things off you know if you yeah, yeah. It, live cheaply and and you in, lived right like, in one of the most expensive place. places about it down is down at that bit yeah i mean it was and a it, busy in my, area in my late late 20s uh renting room yeah 250 to 300 pound a month um, plus bills, so maybe 350 a month all in. It allowed me to pay off 
debt and save up the deposits to get get on the housing ladder. I mean, it, it's but now people just seem to want to have everything. You know, they want to have a smartphone. They want to have night yeah. sat. They want to go drinking. Most people at the question time want to be on drugs, which can't be that. <laughs> and this is, I mean, seriously, this has a cost, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, I mean, that's well, that people go out and spend a hundred quid without even thinking or more. You know, it's well, like it uh, just looking for a deal is gone. It's for a lot of people, easy, and this, this is the thing, isn't it? They reckon that welfare is is to give them a lifestyle now. You know, this is what they're what the SNP and what the lefties are trying to push. That we've got to, you know, we, we don't want to have people thinking about how can they save a bit of money, how can they do better financially. It's about no, we'll just give them so much money that there'll be enough. That's why they want to take away the benefit cap, you know, raise it from twenty four thousand to make it, you know, twenty six or twenty eight grand, and that because they're saying give them as much as we can give them, and then they'll be absolutely fine. You're giving them a great lifestyle. And it's it's completely bonkers. Exactly. Well, I suppose the question is that when in the pre going back to the beginning of the, the, the sort of the, the pre before the show started, and when they talk about legalising soft drugs, I mean the knock-on effect to that is if we do legalise drug all the drugs and has legalised a lot of it, it's what what at what point does it have a knock-on effect on the NHS? Because people who are thinking that this is not doing my life any good and I need to get treatment, so. Uh, where's the they're going to go to the NHS or the hospital the doctor to say oh I need some help I need rehab so who's paying for it if you well you'd have it. to tax the, the dealers and they'd have to be registered yeah so that they'd, yeah. be, they'd pay official taxes on that and then in turn you'd have to have lots of rehab clinics to be able to you know to put them in if the ones that couldn't hold down a job because if they're high on cocaine it's unlikely they're going to be able to hold down a job <laughs> I mean so, how you know, can they all, why, are they, why is everyone on drugs it seemed to me everyone in that audience was either on drugs or all their friends are on drugs or new people on drugs I don't think I know anyone on drugs yeah I know I would explain maybe the they're mad left wing views you can't be on drugs no so you've got to take responsibility get up in the morning and go to work in part yeah. of the reason I didn't ask any questions on that was because I've been up at 4 a.m. Um, to go to work that morning, and I've been up for 16 hours. Fraser, bless him, after the question time, was having to go and do an office cleaning job because we had jobs to do. We haven't been swanning around in Costa Coffee afternoon, having knocked <laughs> off from our bloody yeah. social worker job at 3, a, 3 p.m. I mean, uh, uh, it actually yeah. made me It is amazing. I mean, I know of a number of, of uh, cybernats who basically are supported by their wives or partners. Yeah. They just sit at home and just troll every day. And then they're, they're somehow their partners pay for it. I, I just don't know why they would, but that's what they do. And uh, they're just complete welfare buddies. You know, it's it's something else. Uh, well, that's why they want to protect it. Yeah. So no, let's, trust let's me. Well, my my vision of Scottish independence, and I'm not altogether against Scottish independence, but my goodness, it would be a different independence Scotland to the SMB's vision. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trust me, it would be. You know, you ain't seen austerity. Trust me. <laughs> But trust, yeah, I bet you within 10 years, Scotland would be like a beacon of technology, businesses huh? everywhere, everyone employed in the private sector, and you'd be making a lot of money through corporation tax, income tax, and foreign investment. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's independent Scotland I would sign up to. The SNP's vision is dreary, dull, yeah, is. socialist, and it would ruin the country. Of course. And Joanna Cherry obviously has joined the uh, Diane Abbott uh, School of Mathematics and getting her figures totally... Well, she started <laughs> off by saying... Oh, the whole of Scotland wanted to stay in the EU. Then she said 60%. Then she went back to the whole of Scotland again. And went, hmm, well, you obviously don't know your sums. So Yeah, the whole that, of Scotland. Yeah, yeah, that's bad, isn't it? That's, yeah, they just they assume that it's falling apart, though, because people are fed up. <laughs> because they, they thought everyone that voted Remain wanted to stay, you know, wants, wants independence now. This is their kind of thing. You know, it seems like they're going to think independence is a better option. 
But uh, but then they were told as well this week that when they, if they did try and, and uh, apply um, to get back into the EU as an independent country, they'd have to sign up to the fisheries policy. Of so then they'd have to, they'd, they'd, all the jobs would 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 uh, will be away anyway. They wouldn't even try and get that responsibility back. It's a complete mess. Oh, they, they want to give away responsibility, Hugh, because they don't yeah. want to take responsibility for any of the decisions that they've made. Yeah, yeah. And if they ever got independence, they need to be in the EU because they couldn't finance any of it because the yeah. I mean the plans are are, are ludicrous. Have, nice, you know, just free stuff for everybody. Everyone have free stuff. Tax rates go up, and everyone has free stuff. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the thing is, if they ever got in, they'd have to sell out everything. It'd be fishing, oil, anything that Scotland had, energy of any type, renewables, the latest cost money, but anything they had, fracking, they'd have to do everything they could just to give all the money they made to the EU because they'd just be coming back in other subsidies. So, I mean, it would, it would be a horrendous deal. You talk about the Brexit deal being bad, but an in, a Scottish independence deal with the EU would be even worse. Yeah, because you've got so much less um, leverage with them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the trade the trade gap in Scotland has widened now to the highest level. It's up to 9.8 billion, the trade gap now. It's wider than it's been really since 2008 after the bailouts uh, of the Scottish banks. Um, yes. the reset, it could be, I think it was when the growth yeah. of the last quarter of last year was minus 0.2 and it was right. on a downward trend. So there's a very good chance that Scotland's gone into a recession well, the rest yeah. of the UK is going, and I, you know, you, the S and P have got to take some responsibility for this. Yeah, yeah, they've been in for ten years. They they keep saying, "Oh, Brexit's so bad for Britain." Well, if they keep saying that, and they, you know, they've got no answers, they've got no vision, nothing at all. I mean, they're just let, as if they're just letting the ship run a, run adrift, you know. And and it's crazy. And but I, I think eventually people will have to start seeing through it. And I think they are beginning to do that now. I think they are. I think the question time audience was so skewed. That's why it was so depressing because it, it didn't reflect the, the views out yeah. there with Scots. If you think about it, the, the Conservatives are up at 33% in Scotland. And oh, not yeah. that I agree with the Conservatives on a lot of things. But if you think about it, every person you pass, every third person you pass on the street voted Tory. And, uh, you know, that's yeah. something that the SNP wouldn't, you know, if you're walking down Princess Street, every third person is a Conservative voter. And that's, yeah. that's, that's not something that the, the S&P really want you to think about. That's why they're so bloody quiet, you know. Exactly. <laughs> well, like, yeah. but the, the SMP, they don't want to give it away, you know. <laughs> well, the SNP, if they really want you to earn money, they could they put, start charging for prescriptions again. They could start, they could make eye tests. Well, they, yeah, they could cut some of the, the taxes, cut the income tax by three, three, is it three pence in the pounds for each well, one and start showing they can do something. Yeah, the money might go down a little bit, but you'd be. But in the long term, it would go up. They'd get better revenue because more people would come here to set up. Yeah. They, well, they could do the that. The only put, thing they can do yeah. is cut tax. What the hell else can they do to actually yeah. get money in and make, make, make Scotland attractive? You know, it's got to well, be yeah. cut tax, whether it's airport duty tax for airlines, get airlines flying out of Scotland and create jobs at the airports. Whether it's income tax, hey, well, that, that job's going in Edinburgh, so I won't go to London, I'll go to Edinburgh. Why not? Let's go there and get a highly paid job, give the slightly less money to the Scottish government, more than they would have had if they'd got nothing. This yeah. is corporation tax, get businesses investing, cut the right. business rates for new starts in certain areas of town. And yeah. that's well, the put only way you can pay for the free stuff. Yeah, they've put business rates up for hotel owners and pubs and all sorts of stuff. Some have gone up from like £500 a month to about £4,000 a month. I mean, they've had massive rise in, in business rates 
for a lot of businesses. I mean, they've said, oh, they've made others completely free or, or you know, they've, they've reduced them. But what's the point if you're, if you're you know, if you're a hotel or something like that, you know, you know, many of them are going bust because the, the costs have just dramatically risen. They've got no, no idea. You've got more and more ex-council employees whose pensions need to be funded. They're all index linked and it all yeah. comes from taxation of businesses or council tax. That's why your council tax goes up because they've got to pay yeah. the pensions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the council is almost like a giant pension fund which just needs cash to pay the old, the, the councillors. Uh, 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 it's shocking. It's shocking. So, but um, going on <clears throat> to this, because it was quite a dramatic week for the, the wonderful manifesto, the Labour manifesto yeah. that was leaked. I mean, I have to say it was hilarious because then we, we really got to see what Corbyn and his lot are really like. And it, it is the money tree again, isn't it? It's the, it's yeah, the, the Labour right. money tree. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 it's investment. It's, invest- <laughs> it's not yeah. debt, it's investment. Yeah. <laughs> $240 billion over the parliament, I think it was, or more. That's right. I'm investing in scratch cards. <laughs> I'm investing in this can of lager. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it, it's lunacy. But it, actually, the thing is, though, I strangely, I quite like it because it's what Labour are. You know, yeah. if you look at the history of Labour, that's what they are. They are basically a Marxist socialist party. Blair came in and changed it for maybe 15 years. But it's right. gone back to what it was. So from 1920, whenever they first right. came into existence, you know, maybe for 15 years, they became a little bit centre-left. And now they've just gone back to what they always have been, which is just a bunch of Marxists. <laughs> you could almost do your song, remember? You know, like your Ed Miliband oh, yeah, song, well, uh, Marxist well, has. Yeah. You know, but it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, it is, it, but it is funny. I mean, they got more power for the trade unions. They've kind of gone back to everything that didn't work in the seventies, and it's it's only that horrendous one. Oh, what's his name? Oh, that left wing Paul Mason. You know, he's the only one who seems to think this is a great idea and a great chance for Britain. Everyone else kind of thinks it's absolutely insane. Is he um, the ex BBC economics editor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Oh, he's shocking. Can't make it he's up. shocking. He's so ra- he's the most he's the most racist person in because he kept calling that everyone else who just dis- disagreed with him was racist, <laughs> and that uh, you know, and we're all racist bigots because we had a different point of view. Sir, why are you racist if you think that cracking up, basically making your children pay for debts? Why is that racist? <laughs> yeah, because oh, we're all anti-immigrant. Because we're anti-immigrant. Because the rights anti-immigrant. Then we're all racist. I'm not anti-immigrant. But um, well, he, that's what he put us in that in that circle of. Um, it was on. He was on Radio Three or, or Radio. Was it? Uh, it was um, Five Live. One of these interviews when they have a whole bunch of politicians and then they have the interviews and they were talking exactly what it was like when he was a presenter. And he said, "Oh, he didn't mind being quite left wing because he thought most of he thought most of his colleagues were along the centre and right wing." And that, and they went, "Really? <laughs> like, they're all they're all leftists, you know? But it's crazy, absolutely crazy." And that, but um, but I mean, the, the, I mean, the, it's not just that you've got trade unions that, that they're going to have more power. You've got a ministry of work or something. They want, then they want to renationalise not just the railways, but the buses as well, um, and uh, probably a whole bunch of other things too. Um, I mean, you just wonder what else they could do, and where's the money yeah. going to come from? You know? Where is the money going to come from exactly? exactly. I mean, where is it going to come from? This is the question they can never answer. You know, even yeah. Anne Abbott couldn't answer it, could she? Is it yeah. 100,000, 80 billion, 80 million, 250 trillion? I don't know. Who cares? It's just money. You know, we yeah. can just create it because we're the government and it has no effect whatsoever. Yeah. Consequences. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, cr- 
It's nuts, but I, I, I quite like it because I, I, I know where they're coming from and I disagree with it. And it is an ideology. It's one that's proven quite clearly not to work. Um, but I think they're, they're, they're being truthful to their, their roots again, Labour. That's true, yeah. And you're going to see the vote share that results of that. <laughs> exactly, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you think you will. What depresses me is where are you if you're a free market libertarian that basically wants uh, the government out of your life? Who do you vote for? Uh, it's impossible at the moment because Cameron let it out of the bag saying that if he gets, if Theresa May gets a bigger majority, that will help us to stop all these kind of um, hard Brexiteers. So I don't know. I'm not sure. But I'm hoping it's not going to be like that. I'm hoping that they'll keep it going because they know they've got to get a good deal. Um, either that or it's going to be things will just be out with their hands anyway and we'll get a good deal because the EU might collapse. So, I mean, you know. the sad truth of it is that the Conservative Party have increased the deficit more than the Labour Party ever did. Don't get me wrong, they would have increased it more. But, yeah. but with, it's burgeoned, you know, since 2010. Uh, it's gone from yeah. 900 billion to... To 1.7. Yeah, nearly yeah. double, I think, to nearly one, yeah, 1. 1.7 trillion. Uh, so, uh, how's that sustainable? One thing I'll do yeah. is talk about austerity. Obviously, they keep saying that. Obviously, coming out of the Brexit will be there'll be major austerity, major job losses. In fact, but they don't know that yet, do they? Well, so far it's been the opposite. We had growth and job creation. You know, isn't it? And they're just, they're just wrong and everything. But what was funny was that you know we were talking about all this borrowing for Labour's manifesto and how you know it just seemed like absolute going back to the seventies. That was the one thing that that Joanna Cherry on it on question time actually agreed with and they said oh yeah they were great policies and we agree with most of them yeah exactly and you're just like and that's that that shows what the real snp is like there's no way you can run a country if that's you're going to be worse than venezuela exactly. you're going to have nothing <laughs> exactly and that's presumably what they want i don't know yeah. it's if you, yeah. and if you get hyperinflation then you can't afford to buy anything from abroad so you end up trading everything the state just gradually takes over because your currency is worthless you can't import anything so uh, you start uh, cars in Scotland, you start to, you know, you'd have to create everything in Scotland because you can't yeah. afford to invest uh, from I mean, anything overseas because your currency is worthless. They're worried that we're going to have, you know, the excessive use of food banks. No doubt they'll be taken over or shut down. And, and, and then there'll be mass starvation across Scotland because of all the horrendous regimes and all the kind of laws. And then the only way that people will get food, it will be from a Trump helicopter saying food parcels from President Trump. You know, <laughs> be like... The thing is, and a food put... bank is, it's kind of one step away from a state supermarket, isn't it, really? Probably, I mean, I know yeah. they're run by these Trussell Trusts, which are... Yeah, I mean, churches it's, it's, and everything. So they're to government, really, aren't they? The opposite, uh, third sector, all that crap. I mean, uh, and it, it is one step away from a state supermarket. You can imagine, oh, we're going to close down Tesco's and Sainsbury's, and we're going to have queues at the food banks. I mean, as, as it's um, James Bartholomew was saying, that the state can't do anything properly. You know, you've got queues for hospitals, you've got queues for schools, queues for all the state services if you want to get anything done or any planning permission done as waits. You don't see Tesco's and Sainsbury's concerned about there's too many people, do you, wanting their services? Uh, too many customers. <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah. you don't say, oh, no, there's just too many customers. You know, they actually, actually actively encourage people to go to their supermarkets. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that, like. So Imagine that, the SNP state supermarket. God, that would be dull. That would be something <laughs> else, wouldn't it? Let's <laughs> say, uh, uh, well, what did you come back? We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with uh, more from a little bit more of the question time uh, special and uh, we'll have a car review 
and anything else coming up after the break. And we'll speak to you soon. Hi, I hope you're enjoying the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast today. Speaking of podcasts, check out the Geyer Kirk Report Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. That's the Geyer Kirk Report. And we're on iTunes and we're on Podbean. Hi, my name is Eileen and I'm from EileenSmith.com. Over on my blog and on my YouTube channel, I'll teach you how to use live video and how to make better videos on YouTube. So hopefully you'll get a chance to come over to the YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash Eileen Smith. I-L-E-A-N-E. Thanks so much. And I'll see you online. Peace. Hi, Pam Gomez here host of Tech Talk Live, a show brought to you from Nassau, Bahamas, a show that is for the entrepreneur by an entrepreneur. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Tech Talk Live, and be notified when we go live Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hope to see you there. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. And uh, welcome back from our question, or before question time, <laughs> our advertise, our advertisements there, commercial break. Uh, we're back. We're going to discuss a little bit more on question time. Then we're going to do a bit of information on cars um, for a quick, the last uh, few minutes of our podcast. We're going to discuss a brief uh, some of the hashtags on hashtag question time on Twitter. Some of the things that were said regarding uh, obviously the one it was in Edinburgh. So uh, some of the things that were mentioned. Oh well, somebody quoted uh, one strong, two stable, three kill kill foxes, and the love rich people. So what's your thoughts on the Tories, on the foxes, and uh, obviously loving the rich people? I'll let you answer that one first, John. <laughs> well, I, I've never been fox hunting. I'd love to try it, though. So it just sounds great fun, to be honest, just looning around after a fox. It sounds, sounds good fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there we go. There you have it. Um. <laughs> I have to say I'm not, I'm not particularly big on it. I mean, I think most of them are they're pretty drunk most of the time and they're on the horses and they tend to fall off. Yeah. Um, but, well, that's um, kind of natural selection, then, isn't it? At work? <laughs> you know. But I think, you know, it's it, this this kind of thing about people being hunted or animals being hunted, it's been done, you know, it's been stories for for years, and I think they should just turn it around and make it pay for TV, and then you actually hunt the people instead of foxes. It's much more fun, <laughs> and then people pay to watch it. And that, so it's a bit like the running man and that kind of thing. It's far better. Very true. But yeah. I, think if no, I mean, I, I'm not, I have to say, I am pretty ambivalent about fox hunting. I'm, I'm neither up nor down about it. But if I'm neither up nor down about it, I just think let people do it. You know, on, yeah, honestly, yeah. You, you're going to have to kill foxes whether you gas them or shoot uh, them or, or kill them. Or run them over. Uh, or run them over. I mean, more, more of them get run over now than anything else. And that's the but biggest exactly, form they get killed. And that doesn't necessarily kill them. They can injure them very badly. And uh, I've never been on a fox hunt. And uh, I believe the foxes kill very, very quickly. It just seems to be one of those totemic issues that the left is naturally yeah. against without necessarily thinking about it like yeah. climate change, 
like anti-trident, like pro-benefits. Let's be anti-fox hunting. It's so predictable, and that's why they all agree to their pro-drug legislation. Um, yeah, it's just just kind of mind-blowing. I mean, some of the one of the questions, one of the hashtags. What a fantastic question! Time finally, people are eyes open to. And the lies after lies the decent uh, and the dissent from the Tories. So it's obviously that's somebody who vote Labour. Um, there's one saying we've always find money to bury the banks, but st- uh, start wars, but none, none to give children free school meals. Um, yeah, it's kind of a good point, isn't it? Really? Why yeah. don't you just why, why pay for them? You with that? <laughs> Make a packed lunch. You know, <laughs> I mean, is it that bad? Are they that desperate? Can they not think? Go to an Aldi's instead of going to Bloomin' M and S for their lunch. Uh, you know? Well, it doesn't do that a lot to make a bad lunch. But it was a good point, though. I thought yes. that guy's point was good. How can you bail out the banks to the tune of over a trillion pounds, but you can't afford to pay for various other things? Yeah. And uh, that is where I'm afraid that we just do not live in a capitalist society. We live in a, a, a sort yeah. of communist, corporatist, isn't it? Yeah. corporatist, cronyist society where the bankers do get bailed out for their yeah. idiocy. And I'm afraid, I'm, as a free market capitalist, that shouldn't happen. And yeah, yeah I, I agree. His point was very, very good. If banks make tremendous risks, they should be let to go like Lehman Brothers did. And if it brings right. the economy down, too bad. Yeah, yeah, it makes them learn. Um, so the ones there is... Um, what a contrast. <laughs> a contrast this week uh, versus question time. Intelligent, challenging, high-quality debate beyond its sell-by date. So somebody obviously thinks question time should just call it a day. What do you think? Well, they need to get better, get better panelists. So they were, they need to really make it fiery because it was pretty dull. Um, if it had been David Starkey or Farage or just a few more kind of hard-hitting panelists, it would have been much more, much more exciting, much more interesting. Because yeah. they wouldn't have gone away with you know what Emily Thornberry said and Jan Cherry and all these lot. Um, they would have been properly challenged, and they weren't really challenged. They need hard-hitting folk on it to get it. Maybe their budget. They spent all their money. The budget just travelling up to Edinburgh. And they couldn't afford them anymore, so maybe they spent their money. I, I don't know what it is, but they absolutely needed somebody a bit more sparky on that panel. I mean, yeah. they had, the, 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 uh, Miriam was good, but she was playing it safe. You know, you knew that yeah. she wanted to yeah. lay these guys. And then there was the homeless guy on the end. And there was I don't know who he was, but uh, you know, well, like, well, the actor. <laughs> oh, was he not? Oh, was he a panelist? I just thought he was right. Yeah. Okay. Some <laughs> random homeless man that turned up. Yeah, he's someone who come from a food bank because he looked. Yeah, like, yeah, like, David Heyman. He didn't look quite thin. He looked like he was ill. Actually, he didn't look very he looked like well. He was dying. Yeah. In all seriousness, I hope he's he's all right. But I mean, um, yeah. I, I thought maybe it just seemed to be shouting madness. You know, and at the end, the, the very end of the show, the guy made a is a a pro-Brexit young Scott. He was 27 years old. I don't know who his name was. And he was yeah. saying, don't, he said, don't call me uh, closed-minded. Don't call me, um, you know, a, a small country, little Britainer. I am open to the world. And he said, what do you say about that? And then the, the homeless guy on the end just started ranting something about Nelson Mandela. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's interesting, but it's got absolutely nothing to do with the guy's point. And the guy said, yep, I wouldn't disagree with any of that, but it's nothing to do with what I asked. <laughs> and he was taken off gibbering, you know. <laughs> he was totally 
but he's, I think he's been in still game, but that's about, that's about it. But I've never actually seen the episode. Yeah. But to be honest with you, he was just. I think he's been on, not been on River City and that kind of yeah. shite. But the... I mean, it really is. It's like, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. It's, it's, just, it's just like a Netflix thing, like House of Cards. <laughs> no, 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 no. River City yeah. is a, a Scottish uh, sitcom. But no, it's not, it's not a sitcom, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a soap, Scottish soap opera um, based in Glasgow. And okay. if you want to watch something that is truly depressing and awful, that yeah. is a place to start. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Is, it, is it a bit like Homeland, maybe, or something like that? Or no, no. We're going off track. We're talking a little bit not quite as good as that. Okay. I mean, every every episode they say this will affect you mentally. So here are the numbers for the Samaritans before yeah. you watch. <laughs> you know. And then you wonder why drug abuse goes up. And yeah. people depressed and on drugs and um, alcohol. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It shows all the worst parts of Glasgow and all the kind of all the worst attitudes and approaches. It is truly horrific. Yeah, I think we need to become a little bit more like North Korea and, and <laughs> yeah, have a little bit more state broadcasting trying to set the mood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's it move, was on, bad. From, let's it move was on, bad. on from River City because we bore the rest of our listeners. I've got four minutes left. Well, I'm anyway, on a four-minute countdown. Cars, anyway, do cars. We were going to right, do cars. Right, this week's car, car show. Anyway, we'll move on from question time. There's a, we've had a brief question time special from our first experience being on question the time. The thief has been about 40 minutes. <laughs> well, no, no. Is, is, is the drugs wearing off? The, are, the, are the sleeping pills wearing off in the wife yet? No, asleep? I'm going to go and do a sleepover, so I need to get cracking. Oh, you're going to do a sleepover? But, right? um, I, tell me that. So, it's, so you're free. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the... Um, I'm free oh. for the next four minutes. Right, okay. And then after that, the price goes up. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> it was like... Right, okay. But, uh, but yeah, car, uh, this thing, now, two, this has been the main thing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm just going to quickly, uh, we're going to bring in our car music intro, if you give us a sec. I'm gonna... Right, uh, what the manufacturers have been starting to do, um, it started with Peugeot and I think Renault do it as well and Hyundai, um, is they don't really trust their dealer network to sell a car. So they're saying, don't go to them, just buy from us directly. Um, so they've been putting adverts out um, to say that, you know, you can buy your car online, you can configure it on their computer, on your on their website, um, and then in turn you can build the car you want, get the price, do, get all the finances sorted out, approved online, and they'll even give you a trade-in price and do the deal over the phone, and then in turn that's it sorted. Um, the car we scan. Well, that's the thing. They, they, I think Hyundai was offering a little bit of money off, maybe five or £600. Uh, and with some cars, it was a bit more, maybe a slightly bigger deposit contribution, depending how you were doing the financing. Um, but, yeah, they weren't, it's not that competitive, to be honest. I think with the, with the record, the Hyundai i10 was the best deal because they offered a, a pretty reasonable amount of money off. Um, but, uh, but after that, that was, that's about it. So, yeah, they're all trying to do this now. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see more manufacturers coming in um, to try and, and uh, do the same thing because either they don't trust their network or their kind of their dealer network. Um, well, or they want to make more money, don't they? They want to keep more money in the corporation, I suppose. It's probably what yeah. they're up. And they think people will just buy because if they go online and that facility's there, then that's it. But I suppose the dealer, you know, the, the wherever the person lives, they'll use the dealership that's closest to them to kind of organise it and deliver it anyway, and they'll get a small fee for doing that. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's amazing that's the way it's going. But I still think it's better to go into the dealerships and haggle or use brokers and things like oh, that. You get, you'll get a much better deal. Off that way, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I've seen it's a good car that I've seen um, uh, at the minute as well. It's a, a Ford, a new two-seater Ford. It's quite quite nice. Um, it's called the Ford GT. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yes, the new one. Oh, it's lovely. This week. It's, uh, um, it's just it's coming in. It's starting at four hundred and twenty thousand pounds. So uh, <laughs> quite reasonable, really. Probably get a PCP Salmon don't have one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You get a PCP deal there for uh, you know, probably ten or twenty thousand pounds a month, something like that. So <laughs> affordable for most people. Much more exciting than the kind of welfare cars like these, you know, Citroen. The, yeah, the, or the Vauxhall Mocha thing. those like kind of welfare cars. Um, so just get yourself one of these Ford GTs from the Ford Skunk Works. Anything produced by something called the Skunk Works has got to be good. So uh, I thoroughly recommend that to our listeners. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, ah, no, it's quite something. Since our time is uh, short and uh, Hugh has to go and do a sleepover and make sure the patient is in bed, or the client, or we're going to call it, and uh, then he gets to be paid for sleeping and playing on his phone. Uh, and just leave the Kleenex with, at your house before you go. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, <laughs> okay, Why would you bring that one up? Oh, is that not one of our sponsors? I don't think, yeah. If Kleenex had an advert for us, you can imagine the, ad, the, the kind of tagline would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's much more than for your snot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's say, since she has to go and go and do a sleep over, and after, how many showers have you done this week, by the way? Oh, probably about 30-odd. 30, 30 showers. Aye. Aye. <laughs> I feel like I've actually... It, it, um, it, it proves that our teachers are wrong at school, doesn't it? Because they used to say, you know, when we were late to school, hey, Hugh, you'll never make any money lying in your bed. But actually, it turns out you do. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Very, very true. That sounds so wrong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, obviously you're not right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fine. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> we'll move on swiftly. Thank you very the, much, you guys. Take uh, care. Well, well, thank you for being. Uh, it could be the three of us uh, on our podcast again. Thank you for listening, and until uh, next time, uh, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and uh, good night. Say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye